0: Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. muy bonitos ahí Se bañaron hoy. Good morning. Oh, this morning I have the privilege and the honor of bringing the teaching, the word. Amen. As you guys all know, pastors are having some vacation time. They deserve it. Amen. Amen. And um, I'm going to be sharing Exodus 13 with you guys this morning. We know that pastor he left off on Exodus twelve last week. For those that were here. And I'm gonna take over Exodus. Well the Lord will take over Exodus thirteen this morning. Amen. Amen. This chapter is very powerful. (laughs) And this chapter I have read it I don't know how many times (laughs) in over ten years. And what the Lord has revealed, it's amazing. It's amazing. That's why more and more I realize that going back to the beginning has Amen. been such a blessing yeah. because going back to the beginning is what really has opened our eyes. Yes. It really has set us free, like the Amen. Word says, indeed. Amen? And this chapter is about the consecration of the firstborn. Remember that word. Remember that. The firstborn. Another word that I want you to to remember this morning is redeem, because there's a lot of redemption (coughs) in this chapter here. And another word that I want you to remember or memorize is the word yeast. Remember when we celebrated the feast of the unleavened bread, the yeast is actually what makes it leaven, you know. And in Scripture, it refers to yeast when it comes to sin. Okay? Because it kind of, when, when you see a bread without yeast, it's actually como pagadito, no? Like small, skinny, you know? Not so puff. And you know why? It looks humble. It looks like, you know? There's no sin, there's no yeast. So that's what happens to us. That's why when we celebrate that feast, it's about removing the sin from us, the yeast that's in our hearts, that's in our life. That we are doing knowingly that we are doing it amen because remember god will not hold us accountable for anything that we actually do not know that's why jeshua when he was at the cross he said father forgive them for they do not know therefore if you don't know just like our kids you cannot punish them for something that you know they don't know but if they know oh boy te lo dije (laughs) Amen. There's a consequence. Amen. So we're gonna be reading I'm gonna this chapter is very short. I'm gonna cut it in two parts. We're gonna read part one is gonna be from Exodus thirteen, from one through thirteen, and then fourteen to twenty. It's very short. But there's so much revelation and information in it that you're gonna be your your mind is gonna be blown away. My mind was at three o'clock in the morning. That was when I went to bed. <laughs> because I, I just I couldn't. It was just so much, you know? And then I'm like, Lord, there's other chapters that are like three pages long and we don't get this much. How come this? Always in the little, there's much. Amen? That's why we can't overlook those things. So you're going to see that there that there is actually a lot here. But before we read the Holy Word of God, I want to pray so the Lord, the Holy Spirit can take over, over my emotions, over my nervousness, over my whole bin So he's the one speaking, so he's the one teaching Amen. and his words are the ones coming out, not my opinion, not what I think, Amen. not what I believe you should do or not do. Remember that here we teach the word. Amen. What you do with the word, that's between you and the Lord. Amen. And one thing that I understand very well is that the word says that he's the one that gives the will and the want. Amen. Amen. So if you are here this morning, if we are here this morning, if I am here this morning, it's because by the grace of God, he has given us the will and the want to be here. He has an appointed time with us this morning. Amen. And we thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Father, for giving us the will and the want to do your will, to be here, listening to your word, learning from your word, learning from you, I tell you, Lord, here I am, take over. Speak through me, Lord. May your name be glorified throughout this whole hour, not just here, but with those connecting, Lord. May you speak to them. May your word encourage them. May your word show your love to them. May your word show your justice. May your word show who you really are Because your word is the one that speaks, is the one that transforms, is the one that convicts, Lord. And that's what we ask for this morning. I pray that you humble me, Lord, at this time to share your word. In Yeshua's name I pray, amen. Amen Amen and amen. I'm going to start reading, as I was saying, chapter 13. If you guys have your Bibles, please follow along. Because there are some things here that you might read and you'll be like, okay. A firstborn, a donkey, a lamb. Okay, what is that? Is that like a kid's story? No, there is a lot of Yeshua in Amen. this chapter. And that's what the Torah is all about. Amen. If you just focus on the signs and the symbols and the principles that God uses in, in the Torah to show us and display Yeshua, you're going to fall in love even more with him. Amen. Because you're going to understand that from the beginning, he already had a plan of salvation for you and for me. Amen? Amen. Chapter 13. You have it here, Gavin? Wow. Hello, looks like a lot
1: of letters. <laughs>
0: okay, I'm going to be reading from 1 to 13, and I might stop as we go along. Amen? Amen? And the Holy Word of God says, The Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me every one among the Israelites belong to to me, whether man or animal. That word consecrate, there's other version that uses the word sanctify. Okay, to consecrate is to make holy. Amen? We go on. Then Moses said to the people, commemorate this day, this day, commemorate the day you came out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, because the Lord Brought you out of it with a mighty hand. His hand is mighty. Amen. Amen. Eat nothing containing yeast today in the month of Abi. The month of Abi in the Hebrew calendar is the month of spring for us, like April. Okay? And we all understand that that month is when things come to life. That's when the flower starts getting beautiful, you know, and we see life. Amen? That's why God uses that month, because he is life. Amen? In the month of Abi, you are living. When the Lord brings you into the land of the, here we go, bear with me, Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Hivites, and Jebusites, thank you Lord, the land he swore to your forefathers to give you, a land flowing with milk and honey, you know that I noticed that in the word of God, when we see that, when he refers to the land that he gave to our forefathers, when we see that, that should remind us of his promises. Because he's reminding us of his covenant that he did. And he constantly does in the Torah. The land flowing with milk and honey. You are to observe this ceremony in this month. The seven days for seven days eat bread made without yeast and on the seventh day hold a festival to the Lord eat unleavened bread during those seven days nothing with yeast in it is to be seen among you nor shall any yeast be seen anywhere within your borders and that day tell your son do not Uh, Tell your son, I do this because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. We see a huge principle here when it comes to parenting. Why would the Lord go on and instruct to tell your son or your firstborn why you're doing this? Don't you have sometimes your kids, if you have little ones or grandkids or nephews, and, and they see you, how the Lord has transformed you. And you're making all these changes in your life because you want to walk in obedience. And they ask questions and they want to know why you're doing this or why you don't do this anymore. Or why you don't eat this anymore. Or why do you celebrate this now? You didn't celebrate it. Or why did we stop celebrating this? That's what the Lord means here. You have to remind your kids, you have to speak to them why you are doing it. In this case, it says that they have to be reminded that they were brought out of Egypt, out of slavery. In our case today, I'm sure there's something that you can be reminded of. I'm sure that there's something you can tell your kids. I am doing this because the Lord took me out of that. I am doing this because the Lord revealed his truth to me. I am doing this because there is blessing in obeying his word. Amen. And I am doing this for my generation, which is you. Amen. Amen? Amen? Because as we know, the blessings go from generations to generations, just like your words, the opposite way. Amen? Amen. This observance will be for you like a sign on your hand, a reminder on your forehead. Hmm. hmm. A reminder on your forehead that the law of the Lord, the law of who? The Lord. The, Lord. the, Lord. the law of the Lord is to be on your lips, mm-hmm. which means that the word Amen. of the Lord is to be on our lips. Yeah. And when I say the word, I mean from Genesis to Revelation. Mm-hmm. Amen. It doesn't say here. The partial law of the Lord Mm -hmm. need to be on our lips. It doesn't say half of the book of the Lord Mm -hmm. (laughs) should be on our lips. It says the law and very simple. The law is this. That's it. Just one book. Amen? Amen. Should be on your lips. For the Lord brought you out of Egypt with his mighty hand. Again, we see the mighty hand. When he repeats something, it's because he wants us to pay attention. Amen? Mm-hmm. You must keep this ordinance at the appointed time, year after year. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say you must keep this at the appointed time for the first five years and then don't do it anymore. It says year after year. And the same way we celebrate New Year every, every year, we understand that there's a new year every year, Correct? So we must celebrate his feast. Amen. Whatever he ordained to be everlasting and every year, we have to do it every year, like he says, now when we want to. Amen? After the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites and gives it to you, as he promised an oath to you and your forefathers again, you are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every one. All the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. And here comes a key verse. This is verse 13. Redeem with a lamb every firstborn donkey. But if you do not redeem break its neck. Redeem every firstborn among your sons what does the Lord mean by redeem with a lamb why not with a dog why not with a cat why with a lamb I was looking into this word redeem in the Hebrew because as you guys know we are getting deep into the roots of our Messiah Yeshua which we understand that he was a Jew and that he spoke in Hebrew and even God, when he created the word, it was in Hebrew. Therefore, we have to understand the words in Hebrew to know what they mean, because the translations, if we go by that, it can be translated into the idea of a man. Amen. So we we must go to the root to understand. And When I looked at this word, redeem, in the Hebrew, it actually has two words. Because in, in Hebrew, the word redeem and redemption are two different things. For us, we say redeem and it's redemption. But there is two words. One is padu, which means redeemed. You've been already bought. You've been paid for. Amen? Somebody paid a price. It is done. And there's another word, geulah, which means redemption. And the meaning in the Hebrew is actually the outcome of that price that was paid. For example, there was a payment done. There was an act to redeem something or someone. Out of that act, that action, brought us to redemption, which means that we are now free to do what? Whatever we want. We are now free to obey. We are now free. The consequence of that price that was paid gave us freedom to be able to obey and walk the walk of the Lord. That is what true redemption means. Unfortunately, we in our sinful nature we are quick to say that we have been redeemed and then we do whatever we want it doesn't work like that church Yeshua paid a very high price very high price to redeem you and me so we can walk in redemption so we can walk in obedience so we can follow him why you think he said to follow him after There's no way we were going to be able to follow Yeshua without redemption. There is no way. Uh That's why he had to redeem us first. And then he said, follow me because he knows that we can do it. The problem is that we don't believe it. Uh We just have to believe it. And we just have to understand that even though we fall short daily, we can walk the word. And we can obey him. You know why? Because part of that obedience, it's a heart of repentance. Just because we fall short daily doesn't mean that we cannot obey. All it means is that when you fall, you need to repent. You need to get up and keep walking. That's all it means. It doesn't mean that we have a green light to do it. Amen? So redemption in the Hebrew, it's a very, it has a lot of weight, that word. It's very powerful to see. That it it doesn't only mean that something is paid for someone. It means that after that action, there is redemption, which means there is freedom. But that freedom, and we're going to see here the freedom that God gave the Israelites when he um, brought them out of Egypt, (coughs) which we know they were in slavery there. Why do you think God brought them out of Egypt? It wasn't for them to do whatever they want. Do you pay? For something, for nothing? No, right? When you buy a car, you pay a lot of money for it. You don't just park it there. You want to show it off, right? Mm -hmm. You want to drive around. You want people to see it. You want to put it to use. You want to put it to practice. You want to drive it. That is what happens when Yeshua came and paid for you and for me. It was such a high price that the outcome of that, our response should be to walk in obedience to his word to follow him, truly follow him the way he walked, we can do it. Amen? Redemption is not just a a price that someone paid for somebody. Redemption is actually a deliverance. Because we're going to see here when we read how God, when he took the Israelites out of Egypt and the way he did it, the whole process, There was a process of deliverance, there was a process of cleanse, there was a process of joy, and when I say joy, I'm talking about strength, because remember, they went into battle after that, so they were going to need that, and the Word of God says that the only thing that helped Yeshua to endure was what? Joy. Joy. It says that because of the joy set before him he endured and when you see that word you're like wait a minute there was everything but joy there there i, I don't see any joy there you you know why because we understand for joy only the happy part no mm-hmm. joy in the word means strength mm-hmm. that's why when we say the joy of the lord mm-hmm. is our strength it's because that's the meaning of joy So that is why Yeshua was able to endure. And that is why in that process, there was joy as well. And we're going to see that as we continue reading. Now, my question is this, if someone can answer, why do you think God delivered them from Egypt, out of Egypt? Why do you think God brought them out of Egypt? Anybody? Why do you think God brought the Israelites? Yes, Mark. To show His hand. To show His hand. Got But what is the what was the purpose of that? Because remember, God does everything intentionally and with a purpose, and this is the 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 key here. This is my my point here. The answer is that the same way He does with you and me today. The reason why God brought them out of Egypt, it was for them to be under his authority. In Egypt, they were under the authority of Pharaoh. Okay? They were under idolatry. They picked up all the bats that you can name it from the Egyptians. Amen? But even like that, God is so loving, so merciful, and so great. His grace is so big that even in the mix of that, look how he came up with this plan to bring them out. And not just bring them out. He didn't say, let me put them on a, on a plane and they can fly over there. No, they had to go through a process of being cleansed because they had to leave all that Egypt behind. The same way you and me, when we accept Yeshua as our Lord and Savior, That's the beginning. That's the first step. Because remember, here, God sent Moses. And he's telling Moses what to do. But the whole thing hasn't happened yet. It's the same thing with us. God sent Yeshua. He's the one that we accept as our Lord and Savior. And only through him we can get through the Father. But once we do that, and you start getting in the Word, and meditating, and knowing, and understanding this. No way. You don't want to walk in obedience. When you truly understand it, there is no way. You are led to do that because that is the response that you have of his redemption given to you freely. Amen? Amen. Now, as we read here, we're going to see how they were relocated, okay? God changed their location, their status, their identity, okay? And we're going to see it in the Word, how, how this is just like that. So we understand that in verse 13, it says that redeemed with a lamb. Yeshua was not just the firstborn, because he was a firstborn, the only begotten son. He was a male. And can we relate the lamb to Yeshua? He was the one that came to redeem us the same way it says here redeemed with a lamb that's what God did for you and me he sent his first son he consecrated his first son for you and me he made holy his first son for you and me so me and you today can enjoy and be able to say that we've been redeemed and when I say consecrate remember that that word means to make holy you know why it had to be the firstborn? You know why it had to be Yeshua? Because there is no way we can get to the Father mm-hmm. without a holy one. Amen. You c- we cannot go before a holy God without holy intervention. We, the price. we need him to be there for us, intervene for us, so that way the Father can see him, not us. He cannot see us. That's why we cannot think that we can go on our own before a holy God. We need holy intervention, and that is Yeshua. Amen. Amen? Amen? I will continue reading verse 14. In days to come, when your son asks you again, what does this mean? Say to him, with a mighty hand, the Lord brought us, now it's not I, us, brought us out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. When Pharaoh st- stum- stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed every firstborn in Egypt, both man and animal. This is why I sacrifice to the Lord the offspring of everyone and redeem each of my firstborns and it will be like a sign again on your hand a symbol on your forehead that the Lord brought us out of Egypt with his mighty hand you know that when you when you consecrate your firstborn what I understand here is that you're actually making it holy for the Lord by you just letting them know why you're doing it that consecration moment is happening there because in the hebrew the word sign it can mean wonders and it can mean one of the meaning that i found besides wonders it was like retaining I don't know exactly the word. It was a very, you know, difficult word. But the meaning is like retaining. In, in other words, by them doing that, consecrating their first sons and telling them why they were doing what they were doing for the Lord, they were taking them to a status of retaining, keeping with them the principle of why you have to obey and why you have to commemorate those things, amen? Amen. Now, redemption, we see here that it doesn't just changes your location, your status, and your identity. It also changes the way you think. It takes you to renew your mind, amen, Amen? Amen. which is also in the Word, and we know that the changes of location happens when he's... Remember that Joshua said when he was descending to the Father, that he was going to prepare a place for us. Yes. Amen? Amen. Remember that. Amen. Right there. He's changing our location. Because he's preparing a place for us, and that is in the Book of John fourteen three. If you want to read about it later. How does it change? Uh, how does redemption changes our status? He says that we are his, and that is in Isaiah forty three one. And how does he change our identity? That is in the book of Romans 8.37, where he says that in him we are more than a conqueror because he loves us. Amen? Amen? Amen. So we see that indeed redemption to us, changes our location, our status, and our identity, and it is in the Word. Amen? It is written in His Word, what He does for us. But look at verse 8 and 14. There's two important key here, and again, this has to do with the principle of teaching our kids in, in His ways, teaching them the ways of, of, of the Lord. Let's go back to verse 8. Where it says that on that day, tell your son, I do this because of what the Lord did for me. Look at verse 14. In days to come, when your sons ask you again, the Lord is reminding us. Okay? Every time you take a step of faith, every time you are transformed. Because I believe the word transforms us every time we read it. And you are asked that question. And even if you're not, if you have little ones, this is what I learned from this. If you have little ones, teach them. Tell them why you're doing that. Amen. And for who you're doing it. And why is it important that you're doing it. Remember that the word says that if, we, if you teach them in his ways, when they grow up, they will not Amen. depart from it. Amen. They might go through bumps here and there because life is life. But it says that they will not yeah. depart from it. Okay. And in due season, that will bear fruits. Mm-hmm. Amen? Mm-hmm. Through redemption, we gain the ability to listen and do the word. Shema. That's what it means. To listen and to do. We are here this morning listening to the word. Amen. Learning from the word. The challenge will be when we walk out those doors to walk the word or at least strive to do so. Try your best to obey and you will see how pleased the Lord is. To walk in obedience to his word it's a beautiful and a powerful thing. Trust me that even when you fall short the Holy Spirit is like it's already there before you even think about it and gives you a conviction right away. Right away. To a point that you have to do the right thing. It doesn't let you do otherwise. That is the difference of walking, of trying to walk in obedience. Remember that God sees our heart. And if you have the desire there to obey His Word to the best of your ability, even when you fall short, He will make sure that the Holy Spirit will give you a conviction right away. You might say something to someone the wrong way. It has happened to me. And right away, you there's something that it's like the Lord holding you by the hand. Go and apologize. You can't help it. You have to do it. That is the Holy Spirit giving you conviction because God knows that that's not you. God knows that that's your flesh, but he also knows that your spirit is willing. Therefore, he's going to give you a conviction for you to do the right thing right away and honor him alone. Amen? Remember that without redemption, we cannot be in a a place where God wants to use us for us to bear fruits. That is why that firstborn, that is why the lamb, that is why Yeshua had to redeem us. And that is why the outcome, the other word in Hebrew, Geulah, the response, of that action should be to walk in obedience to his word. Amen. Amen. Why does the word says not to eat anything with yeast? Remember, we associate that with sin. Okay. It doesn't just say not to eat it, but not to have it around you. Uh Wow. (laughs) He really doesn't want you to have anything to do with that. Amen? Now, I looked up that word in Hebrew as well. Okay? Just so that way we can understand better what God is trying to teach us and what He's trying to tell us and why it means sin. Okay? And the word is kameh. That word comes from the root word that means pride. Okay? So we are such associate the yeast the sin with pride and when I when I read that I said but what one thing has to do with the other what does the yeast do I said it at at the beginning it kind of takes the bread out of its original state Mm -hmm. amen Mm -hmm. the bread looks more puff it looks altered It, it looks like they injected something into it and it looks good Amen? Just like many sin can look good. They can, it can be painted very nice, very beautiful. But watch out. Because that sin can cause us to walk away from the things of the Lord. Because remember, the word says that he cannot be where there is sin. Amen? And that is why we give him praise and honor. That by his grace, we have the opportunity... To be able to repent do you know that there's angels that cannot repent and we can do that we have that opportunity to do that which means that we have a way still to get to the father through repentance yet it is so hard for us to do it you know why because of pride because we think that we have more control of things than god does amen when we repeatedly and constantly let the yeast, the sin remain in us, we're telling God, I have control over this, don't worry. Mm-hmm. Have you spoke to someone that's maybe in an addiction or something and you tell them, you know, this is killing you, don't do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know when to stop. This is not gonna this is not gonna get me. I know when to stop. I got this. I have control. No, you don't. Yeah. No, I don't. Trust me that we do not have control of anything. God does. And that is why we cannot go one minute, one second without him. Amen? Amen. So that's when you have that yeast there, that sin there, knowingly. And you know, and God is sending someone to tell you, this is going to end up controlling you. Oh, no, I got control over this. I know when to stop. I only do it here and there. I know when to stop. Do you really know when to stop? No, that's the lie of the enemy that tells us that we know when to stop. The only one that knows is God. And that is why you see that here it says not even around you. You know why? Because of the temptation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay? If you have a problem with gambling, don't go whether it's gambling. Mm -hmm. Don't go. Because if you understand that you have a problem and you have the yeast around you, guess what? It can take you. Okay? You know why it can take over you? Because you're walking under your own authority. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're walking under your own understanding thinking that you have control over it. But if you let the Lord take control over that and you obey the word when he tells you don't have it, don't eat it, don't have it around you, you're going to be free from whatever it is but we must let God take control amen Amen? Amen. and that's what the yeast mean he was very clear here when he said not even around you take that learn that from this speaking about sin Amen? amen do not think that you have anything under control because we do not now We're going to keep reading here, and we're going to get to the part where they actually cross the Red Sea, okay? And if you have your Bible, please read along, because this is so powerful here. I have read, we have heard about the Red Sea. I mean, they have worship, they have stories, they have books, they have so much that speaks about that. And until 2-something in the morning, when I was still studying, is that the Lord said, this is what that means. And I said, wow. Just like everything else, lately since we started studying Torah, we're always like, wow. "Wow." He's he's always revealing so much. Let's go to verse 17. Exodus 13, verse 17. Remember, we're reading about, now we're going to enter into the section where they actually cross the Red Sea. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the philistine country though that was shorter Hmm. why is the lord letting us know here that that was like a shortcut and why he did not let them go through there instead he had the idea putting them in the (laughs) desert for god said If they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt armed for battle. He led them to the desert towards the Red Sea. Towards the Red Sea. So he was actually taking them closer to their freedom. And I'm pretty sure they were thinking there, why will we go through this long way when there is a shorter way? And don't we have that same question sometimes? Yes. To God? Lord, but why do I have to do this this way when I can just do it this way? But can I tell you that, especially after reading this, that might seem a longer way to you, but he's actually getting you closer Amen. to his purpose Amen. and what he wants to do with you and for you. Because look how it says here that he put them there, but towards the, towards his purpose. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's why we cannot move, Amen. make decisions, mm-hmm. and relocate and do things on our own. We must bring everything before the Lord. Because he is the one that can guide us to his purpose. Mm-hmm. When we do things on our own, and I've been there, you will hit your head. <laughs> and you will realize, yeah, that was this was not from God. I got it now. With a knot on my head, but I got it. Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. But this is why we gotta bring it before the Lord. He knows best. So when I was reading this, I said, wait a minute, why? I asked the question as I was studying this, but well, why would God do that when they had a shorter way, you know? And then when I came across the towards the Red Sea, because I already know the story of the Red Sea, I said, oh, well, eventually they were going to walk through it. But that's because I already know it. Amen? But then when I started meditating, I said, wait a minute. So you were actually bringing them closer to your purpose, even though they didn't see it that way. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens to us. That's what happens to us when the Lord takes you out of a job and puts you in another job and you want to be in the other one because you were, getting, you were making more money. You don't know what the Lord is doing. Mm-hmm. That's right. You don't know if he's taking you closer to his purpose. Yes, mm-hmm. amen. When he redirects your steps mm-hmm. and you're like, but I was good here. I'm like five minutes away from where I need to go. Uh-huh. Yeah, but there is not my purpose. My purpose is here. Uh-huh. This is where I need you to go. So this is something so powerful that I pray and I hope that we can all retain this morning. The same way he did not allow his chosen, the Israelites, which we have the privilege of being part of now, that we understand it. The same way he did not allow it, he does with us. So next time you find yourself asking God, why this way? why if I can go this way, you're taking me the longer way. Always remember this. You never know if he's taking you closer to his purpose and not away from it. The shorter way might be closer to your own purpose Uh or my own purpose, but not to his purpose. Amen? Amen? We keep reading, and I, verse 18. So God led the people around by the desert, rode toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt, armed for battle. You know that the word says that the Lord will not give you more than you can handle? Okay, this is what happened here. Look how the Lord says that if they find themselves in war, they will not, they will think about it maybe twice and go back to Egypt. So God said, they will not handle that. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: They're not going to handle it. They're going to go back. And I need them to go forward. So I need to redirect their steps. Mm -hmm. Amen? Mm -hmm. Verse 19, Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the sons of Israel swear on oath. He had said, God will surely come to your aid. And then you must carry my bones up with you from his place. This reminds me of that book of Ezekiel (laughs) when he spoke to and he told them, speak to the dry bones. Uh Speak life to them. Amen? Amen? Amen. After leaving Sukkot, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. Listen to this. And we're going to This is the end of chapter 13, but there's so much to cover once we're done reading. It says, by the day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so that they could travel by day or night neither the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Think about this. Why? That was my question. Why a red sea? Why not white? Why not green? Why not a regular sea? I mean blue, I think it's, yep. it's more blue than, but why the red sea? This is why I got my red jacket, i just went.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Why the red sea? And why would it open? <clears throat> we see the red sea, we see away, when they cross, what was awaiting them? The truth. And who is the way? Hmm. Amen. The life. Amen. And the truth. the truth. That's Yeshua. Amen. Here, the Lord is actually, listen, this is, and this is very, to me, is very deep. And when I was, when the Lord revealed this to me, I even cried. Because I said, Lord, they had to go. Remember that in Egypt, they picked up all the idolatry, all traditions of men, all the things that were against the heart of God. But in his love and in his mercy, he did everything he had to do to make sure that his people were cleansed, that his people, that he made a way for them and that they found the truth. And that truth is what gives us life. Okay? So the Red Sea represents, it had to be red because they have, this is a, a symbol, a picture of Yeshua, okay? The blood that he shed for us to cleanse us. Don't we still, are we still able to today proclaim and declare that blood to cleanse us from our Egypt? When I say our Egypt, it's our past or whatever yeah. we pick up from this, this system yeah. of, of the world. Okay? So they had to go through a red sea, the yeah. blood, to be cleansed. Amen. The door, um, the, the lower part of the, the, the sea, he made a way Amen. for them. Amen? And when they crossed, what did they find? The truth, the Torah, because that was all Moses was teaching, was speaking. Same Remember right. that in this time, there was no, no New Testament, uh-huh. it was just Torah. Torah. Okay? Yeshua, from a baby and on, he started speaking and teaching what? Torah. Torah mm-hmm. The beginning. That was all that there was. So look how amazing and how merciful God is that He was already displaying to the Israelites the redemption that was coming for them. He was displaying the Messiah, the blood, Amen. the way, yes. the truth, the life. This is who's going to redeem you. This is who's going to make a way for you, for you. To get to me. And that is why it had to be a red sea. I haven't seen a red sea before. (laughs) So this is why it actually caught my attention. Why red? And that is why. Because remember, them crossing the red sea wasn't just the Lord taking them out of Egypt. It was a process of cleanse. They had to be cleansed. It involved. Water, which is life, life, and it had to be red, which represents the blood of Yeshua that actually cleanses us from all our Egypt and from all our sins. Amen? Amen. If we go, that is, if in John fourteen six, can you put it up here, um, Gaby? John fourteen six. Let's go there for a minute. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have him and You do know him and have seen him. The Israelites experienced the redemption of Yeshua before God even manifested it in the New Testament. Do you see why the Torah is so rich? And it's and it's it's like a love story if you really meditate on it. And if you look for Yeshua in it, Because the Torah is Yeshua. is God revealing the redemption and the salvation that was to come for you and me. These people, I can't imagine they were clueless. They probably didn't know what was going on there. God was taking them through that path. God was showing them their salvation. And that's why it had to be done that way. That's why it had to be a red sea. That's why there had to be water involved. And that's why there had to be the truth. That's why there had to be life. Amen? Amen? Amen. The same way you and me, whatever Egypt we find ourselves in this morning, whatever it is, whatever it is, remember that this is the appointed time. If you're here, God had an appointed time with you. To remind you and to tell you that He is willing and He desires to part the Red for you. Amen. He desires to make that way. He desires to cleanse you. He desires to meet you where you are right now. Because He is the only one that can free you from whatever it is. Amen. Imagine the Israelites How were they going to get to the other side without God doing that? There was no way. And that's why he is the only way. Without him, church, we cannot do anything. Anything. We can try, but we're going to fail. Only he has a perfect plan, a perfect solution. And remember, if it seems like a long way to you, you might be just closer to his purpose Amen. Amen. so don't ever look at it again as a long way god doesn't work with shortcuts because he needs to put us into a status of process mm-hmm. we need to go through a process in order for him to walk in us Amen. so when we make it there we're ready because remember He will not give you anything that you cannot endure. Mm -hmm. And if you're in it, it's because you can actually endure it. But you know what? You have to allow yourself to be put under his authority. Don't let sin take over you. Mm -hmm. Don't let sin control you. Because your master is not the sin. Your master is the one that cleanses you. And that is the blood of Yeshua. That is the sacrifice that he made for you and for me. And that sacrifice that he made, guess what? That price was paid. Mm -hmm. But there is a response on our part to that. And what that is, is to try our best daily mm-hmm. to walk in obedience to his word mm-hmm. I guarantee you that you will see the mighty hand Amen. because the Lord honors that there's nothing more powerful than knowing that even though you fall short daily you can get up repent and keep obeying I can just imagine how the enemy gets frustrated when he sees that This one, I don't don't know how many times I'm going to knock him out, but he keeps getting up, asking for repentance. And he understands, because remember, he knows the word very well. He understands that when you do that, the Lord is faithful to forgive. That's what his word says. So the fact that you can get up and ask for repentance, that's bold. That's true boldness, to ask for repentance to get up, to walk, and not do it again. Or wasn't that what Yeshua told the lady? Go and sin no more. Mm -hmm. But for many years, we understood that he said, go, do it again, and then come back to me. Mm -hmm. That is not what he said. He said, go and sin no more. Didn't he know Mm -hmm. that we're going to fall short? Again, yeah, but that doesn't mean that he's going to promote it because he knows that in him we have the authority to walk in obedience. The problem is that he knows it, he believes it, because he is that power and that strength that we need, but we don't believe it. And I ask you guys this morning to start believing that, yes, you can walk in obedience to the word of God yes you can follow jeshua the messiah the way he says to follow him yes you can celebrate the feast of the lord they are actually powerful they are there to keep you connected with the father Amen. that's why those feasts are there or if we can be honest when you celebrated halloween did you did anybody bring up god did you have did you share a verse was anything in the in the Bible related to that you can actually sit down and talk about it? What about Christmas? Was there anything in actually related to the Lord that you can actually sit down and other than we're celebrating the birth of Jesus, which we know he was not born that day? What about Valentine? Is there anything there that... The reason why I'm giving you these examples is to... So, so you can understand that when God speaks something for benefits and for good. Amen. And the feasts of the Lord that are spoken about in his word are there to bring you closer to him and to bring your family close. Because you can actually celebrate it with your family. And that is the intention of God. To bring us closer to him. Amen? Amen. So I encourage you. I encourage you this morning to believe and understand that God has an intention to part the sea for you. Mm -hmm. Whatever Egypt you find yourself in, he can take you out the same way he took the Israelites out. Whether it is a shortcut, which we know he doesn't work that way, or the long way. But know for sure that whatever way it is that he chooses is for your benefits and is to bring you closer to his purpose. Amen? Amen? I want you to get up on your feet, please. And we are going to ask the Lord. We are going to ask the Lord to reveal to us to show us this morning, to bring to memory, to remind us. And I know he can do it because he did it while I was studying. And he's the same God. And all we need to do is ask. Let's take this moment to ask the Lord, bring to mind. Don't, don't, don't look at me Bow your heads and close your eyes. And this is your time for you between you and the Lord. Say, Lord, bring to my memory. Remind me of that Egypt that might still be in me. That Egypt that I should have left behind a long time ago. That Egypt that is not letting me walk in obedience to your word. That Egypt that I think I have control of, but now I understand that I do not. Help me. And take me to that moment, that place, or that thing that I need to surrender to you. Ask him, Lord, part the sea. Cleanse me this morning, Lord. Purify my heart, Lord. Whatever it is, Father God, that we have hidden, Lord, that we probably don't even know, reveal it to to us this morning, Lord. Bring it to mind this morning, Lord. We want to surrender to you, Lord. We understand that the sacrifice of Yeshua, that that blood that was shed in the cross, Lord, has power to redeem, Lord. Has power to cleanse. Has power to restore. Restore anything in us that needs to be restored, Lord. Help us, Father God, even in our decisions, Lord. That shortcut that we might want to take, Lord, as we learned and understand this morning that you do not work with shortcuts because you need to work in us and prepare us, Lord. Help me to be led by you. Tell them, Lord, even if it's a long way, As long as as you're taking me closer to your purpose, help me make the right decision, Lord. Help me, Lord, to seek you in spirit and in truth, Lord. This is the time. This is the appointed time. If you are here this morning and you have not accepted Yeshua as your Lord and Savior, you have not accepted the Redeemer, the one that went to the cross and shed that blood for you. This is your time. This is your time to accept Him in your heart. This is your time to receive Him in your heart. This is the beginning of a beautiful journey with Him. Because once we accept Him and receive Him, that's just the beginning. Lord, I pray this morning, Father, that if there is someone here that has not accepted you in their heart as the Lord and Savior, Lord, that you meet that person where they are right now, Lord. That they may open their mouth, Lord, to tell you, I receive you, Jesus. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And may you walk with that person from this point on, Lord. May your Holy Spirit guide that person from this point on, Lord. If that is you, you do not have to come to the front. Understand that you are the temple of God. And wherever you stand, all you have to present is your heart and open your mouth. And tell him, Lord, I receive you. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I welcome you into my heart. I want to walk with you. You that pay that price for me. Such a high price, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you because as you had been us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, because you went through all that for my sins. Forgive us. If we knowingly still sin, even though you paid such a high price, Lord. And help us. Help us to live a life of repentance, Lord. Help us to get up when we fall and repent before you, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be a testimony of you, Father. If if, if, If there's someone here that don't have kids yet, Lord, I pray that you spoke to them through your word, Lord. May they be reminded when they have kids, Lord, that they must teach their kids in your ways so they never depart from it, Lord. That as you transform them daily, Lord, that their kids can be reminded as of why they are doing what they're doing as of why they are walking in ways to please you, Lord. Thank you for meeting us this morning, Lord. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for showing us Yeshua in your word, Lord, since the beginning, Lord. Thank you, Father, for the reminder that that blood that was shed in the cross has such power even today, Lord. Thank you for making a way for us, Lord. Thank you for giving us your truth. Thank you for giving us the way, the life, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We do not take it lightly. We do not take it for granted, Lord. We thank you for the sacrifice, Yeshua. Thank you for our Egypt does not have control over us anymore. Thank you because you have taken us out with mighty hand. With mighty hand you have taken us out, Lord. We love you, Lord. We surrender all to you, Lord. We give you honor, Lord. We give you glory for who you are in us. Thank you. There is someone here that accepted you this morning, Lord. May angels rejoice in heaven, Lord. Thank you if you spoke to even if it's just one person that that received your word, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the peace that's in this place, Lord. Thank you for your shalom, Lord. Thank you for your presence, Lord. I worship you, Lord. In Yeshua's name, amen, amen, Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen. Now you can have a seat. Thank you, Lord. We are going to share um, the Lord's Supper. Oh, no, actually, we're going to do the Tyson offerings first. (laughs) Joey's like, no. Um, Yeah, we're going to have Gabby come up. He's going to share with us the word. And as he does, please prepare your hearts, okay? Prepare your hearts to continue the worship to the Lord. Because giving to the kingdom and giving to God is an act of worship. So as he's teaching the word on that, make sure you prepare your hearts. I'm not going to tell you to prepare your pocket first. I'm going to tell you to prepare your hearts. Because that is what God sees when it comes to giving. Amen? Amen? Gabby?
2: So, I'm going to give a quick word on tithes and offerings. I'm going to share a few examples on why we should give. The first one being that Yeshua was rich in heaven, but he made himself poor by coming down to us. He made himself nothing so that we can have everything salvation. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 8 through 9. Okay, Uh, you know that He gave us, He gave up His heavenly riches for you. He gave up everything so that you could be richly blessed. He gave us salvation, that's all we need. That's all we need. The second being, well actually, uh, the, the least we could do is give back to help, support, and spread the word on what He did, who He is, Yeshua, the Word, the Torah. And then the second one being, when we do the Last Supper, we proclaim His death, His sacrifice, what He did for us on in the cross. By tithing and offering, is to proclaim that He is alive. We all know that King Melchizedek was a form of Yeshua. In fact, the word compares Christ to Melchizedek, if, if we can go to Hebrews chapter 5 the ending on verse 6 uh the ending of verse 5 to 6 and it goes but god chose him god said to christ you are my son today i have become your father and in another part of the scriptures god says you are a priest forever the kind of priest melchizedek was we can see that he's comparing him to melchizedek and then on verse 10 We see that God made him a high priest, just like Melchizedek. Then from there we go to Hebrews 7, 4. You can see that Melchizedek was very great. And Abraham, our great ancestor, gave him a tenth of everything he won in battle. So if Abraham gave to Melchizedek, how much more should we not give to Yeshua, who died and rose from death? Making him even greater than Melchizedek. Mm-hmm. He is alive. And I'll finish with this one. Um, if we have the ability to help others and we do not do so, then the love of God, our Father is not in us. Mm-hmm. First John 3:17. Suppose a believer who is rich enough to have all the necessities of life sees a fellow believer who is poor and does not have even basic needs. What if that rich believer does not help that poor one? Then it is clear that God's love is not in that person's heart. At the end of the day, it is up to you and the Lord um, eh, what we do here. You know, I've, I've seen it personally. We've gone to help the poor with the tithes and offerings. You know, we've gone on, on you know, just pretty much on, on missions, you know, to help others, spread the word and bring salvation. So I'll, uh, now Joyce's turn. <laughs>
0: the word with us about the lord's supper this is something that we do every week it's not a something that we do as a routine we do it to in in memory of the sacrifice of the Jews. as she's preparing to do that as she's preparing to do that please um, um they're going to pass the guys are going to bring the wine and the bread okay and she will explain what is taking place.
1: As we're getting ready to partake in the Lord's Supper I would like to begin by reading John 3:16 through 21 the word of the Lord says for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him the one who believes in him is not condemned but whoever does not believe has been condemned already because he has not put his trust in the name of the one and only ben elohim now this is a judgment that the light has come into the world and men love the darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil for everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light so that their deeds will not be exposed but whoever practices the truth comes to the light so that it may be known that his deeds have been accomplished in God. While remembering Yeshua's sacrifice on the cross, let us reflect on the importance of the renewal of our worship and surrender to Yeshua, our Messiah. Now let us take a moment to reflect before we partake in the Lord's Supper. Blessed are you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who brings the bread from the earth. You may eat, Church.
0: Baruch Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, borei.
1: Bless are you, Adonai, our God, King of the Universe, who creates the fruit of the vine. You may drink, Church. Bless are you, Adonai, our God, King of the Universe, who has sacrificed, sorry, who has sanctified us with His Word, and has given us Yeshua, our Messiah, and, conde- and commanded us to be light to the world. thank you heavenly father for today thank you for the word thank you for our brothers and sisters today father god thank you for allowing me to walk in obedience and using me father god thank you holy spirit because it was through you father that i was able to come up here and speak let us lord just walk in obedience and thank you for bringing us safe and allow us also to go safe home in Yeshua's name we pray Amen.